Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Welcome to WAM, Women and Manufacturing, where we talk to very successful women and they give us a lot of information about how they got to where they are. And today I'm very excited because I have Julie Austin. She is the creator of Hydrosport, which is a very, very interesting product. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this product? Sure. It's the wrist water bottles. And I invented the product because I was out running in the heat in Texas in the middle of the summer. (laughs) And I passed out from dehydration and thought, this is kind of crazy. And I thought I had enough water before I left. And then I started realizing, you know, I'm running with my keys and my music. I don't have anywhere to carry water. And so that's how I came up with the product is I thought, what if you just put it on your wrist? And I just imagined someone had already come up with that, but they didn't. So I invented the product. I patented it. And that's how I got started. Well, I love that story. I feel like so many people have ideas and they just never actually act on them. And I know that, you know, you've been, I mean, besides being an award-winning author, so we'll get to that, you know, later, but you're an inventor. I mean, you, you're a keynote speaker as well. I mean, you speak to a lot of this. I know that as far as like innovation, you're speaking at some of the best, biggest corporations in the country, like Novartis and Procter and Gamble. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I actually tend to get hired by the big corporations because I'm a woman inventor. The one for uh, Procter & Gamble was for their International Engineering Summit, which was almost a thousand of their engineers from around the world. And, you know, I kind of have to start by saying I'm uh, technically the dumbest person in the room. (laughs) These are all scientists and engineers, and they have the knowledge to invent, I have to go to people like them to get my products done. But they wanted someone who had actually been through the process. And I just did one for James Hardy for their research and development conference. And they wanted me to bring my original prototype. I said, are you sure? Because it's a lump of clay. (laughs) And it was the original, before I did the prototype, was the original prototype. I just made it out of clay just to show, you know, to the factory what could be done. And luckily they made a better version of my clay model. So let me ask you, so why did you decide to become a manufacturer? I mean, a lot of people, you know, you have a product and, but you know, some people just say, Hey, let me just have somebody else do it. And, you know, Maybe it's a great idea. Maybe I could just sell it off and, you know, call it a day. Why did you get into it and decide to become a manufacturer? Well, it was decided for me, actually, because I did start out with the idea that I was going to license the product because I wasn't a manufacturer. I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted someone to take it over. And I had a company, it was a fitness company who they were very interested in it. We went back and forth with lawyers for months and we were really, we were just uh, two or three weeks away from finally getting this launched and the company filed for bankruptcy. (laughs) So I said, you know what? 
it's been months and months of time that I've taken this out of the market. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm just going to haul off and manufacture it myself. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was getting into. So this is where ignorance is really <laughs> bliss because I think if I'd known, I'm not sure if I would have taken it on, but, yeah. uh, but it is, you know, it's been a huge learning curve and I had to learn, literally there were no books. There was no shark tank at the time. I had to learn every single thing about manufacturing and, you know, distribution and all of that on my own. Which is, I mean, that's just incredible. So like, Obviously, you have to find a factory. How did you even go about like finding your first factory and getting started with that process and knowing what to look for? Well, I never do anything small. <laughs> if I had been smart, I think I would have started small and learned what I was doing before I jumped in that far. But what I did, I took my entire life savings and I said, I'm going to buy 50,000 units of these and had no idea how I was going to sell them and didn't know anyone who had a factory. But what I did was, and I think this is probably good advice. I went to a trade show. It was a sporting goods trade show. And this is where the product actually was nominated for a NASDAQ product of the year semifinalist. And I walked the trade show and talked to other vendors. And I said, what factories do you use and who would you really recommend? Who do you trust? And I found a company that made fitness products and they said, oh, our guy in Malaysia is the best. We would never use anybody else. He's honest and ethical. So I literally wired my entire life savings to this guy and just you know held my breath. And he, he did a great job with it. But that's, that's how I found the first factory. Oh, okay, great. So, and now you deal with distributors in over 25 countries. How do you do that? That has to be like, I mean, that's, you know, language, but I mean, there's so many things that, you know, you think about when you're dealing with, you know, distribution throughout the entire world. How is that something that, you know, you're dealing with? You know, honestly, it is another learning curve and I kind of, just figured it out as I went along. And every single distributor I've ever had in all these years, we've all been on, and I would say a virtual handshake. I wouldn't say a real handshake anymore today, but <laughs> a virtual handshake, except for one guy in the UK. He sold over a hundred thousand the first month. And he said, uh, Julie, could I just get a, an exclusive just for England and just for the promotional market. And so we wrote up a very simple one-page contract that said, you do this and I do that. <laughs> yeah. um, no legalese. And other than that, all of them have been on a handshake. And I've learned that, you know, it's if you trust your gut in this business, mm -hmm. it'll go a long way. And as far as the language barrier, most of them are English speaking countries. But in Argentina, the name, which the brand name was Swiggies for the kids version, mm -hmm. did not translate. <laughs> so I don't know what it meant, but she said, we can't use that. And so they called it Garafit. 
So they just changed the name. And I also, in Argentina, I was not able to import to Argentina. So it's not technically illegal. It's very tricky. Anyway, so she took the molds and she became a distributor there. So I have a factory there. So I have factories set up in Malaysia, China, and Argentina. And one reason I did that is because I wanted to diversify Mm -hmm. just in case anything happened. Okay. And I'm very glad that I did because I thought, okay, what if there is a typhoon or political unrest or who knows what anything could happen? That seems to be very important, especially when you look at times like this, you know, you know, with everything that happened in China and the tariffs and, you know, the just, you know, thankfully, I would imagine you've, you know, anyone who had diversified before that would have been very happy that they did. Exactly. And I mean, look at how much time the factories in China were shut down. Yeah. Because of coronavirus. I mean, I would have said, okay, you know what? I actually have two other factories set up and the U.S. I have as a backup. I have someone here. So in case, you know, there's unrest and problems everywhere, you know, I still have someone here. I never miss a beat. I've never missed getting an order out on time. So. Well, I think, I mean, that just makes so much sense. I know that my husband works in the medical distribution industry and he would be thrilled if some of these companies had diversified themselves (laughs) because so much of the product that they get comes directly from China even, you know, the, we look at it now, like the masks that everybody's looking for, it'd be great if they were coming from anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a smart move because I don't, you know, I just never have to worry. And the way I found my Chinese factory, by the way, is <laughs> because I had the guy in Malaysia. I said, okay, that's wonderful. But anything could, I was actually thinking of weather down there. And I said, well, what if anything happens? Let me find someone as a backup. And then I got a cold call from someone in China. And believe it or not, it has been the best factory. It's a family-run factory. The guy knew who I was. He called me by name. He spoke perfect English. He said, you know, we're very reputable. We're a small, you know, family-run business. And, you know, I've still been with them to this day because... And that came from a cold call. <laughs> well, you know, that's how it happens. Sometimes people find you. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it's probably, in the scheme of things, the best way, but for me, it worked out perfectly. All right. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. So, you know, it's you have been, you know, your product is obviously very, very well received. Um, you, you know, you've been featured. You were the NASDAQ product of the year. A semifinalist, which I think is awesome. And you've, I mean, obviously there's, you have a nice following. I mean, you've been on the Today Show, the Queen Latifah Show, HGTV, I mean, and on and on, CBS, and you've really been featured in so many different places. So what is your best advice that you would give? I mean, you came up with a great product, obviously, that's been very well received and you've kind of been through, it sounds like a lot of life lessons and business lessons within what you've done. But having gone through all of this and started from the beginning, if you were talking to another woman who really wanted to enter the manufacturing industry that had 
what they thought was a great idea, what would you tell them to do? What would your best advice be? You know, I was on my own for a long time and just sort of flailing around. I had no idea what I was doing. And I accidentally got a a mentor. He was a mentor in the promotional products industry. We both went to a trade show and, and we quickly, both of us found out it was not a trade show that we should have been at. It was kind of a punk rock. I don't know how we both ended up there with some. with with fitness products. (laughs) So we both shut down our booth quickly. And, you know, he sort of took me under his wing and he said, you know what, I think your product is a promotional product. And I said, what is that? I had no idea. I was trying to sell in retail. And it turned out to be the thing that saved the product because, I've sold about a million of these around the world, and most of them have been sold in the promotional industry. And I never would have found, I never would have even thought of it before. But I would say to find a mentor, because as a manufacturer and being a woman, quite often you are the only woman in the room. (laughs) And, you know, men will help you. They really will. I have gotten tremendous support from men and not looking down like, oh, you're a woman in the business, you know, never, ever. I don't know if that's, you know, something that you have heard, but yeah, I would say absolutely find a mentor, someone who will help you and ask for help. Yeah, you know, I found in my business too, that just surrounding myself with people and being okay to ask for help that understand you know, that I don't know everything has been my biggest lesson. And I would probably say the same thing. And I'm not in manufacturing. So I think that's excellent advice. Yeah, people will help you. And, you know, whether it's men or women in the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you also have a book. Can we talk a little bit about that called The Money Garden and How to Plant Seeds for a Lifetime of Income? Because I think everybody likes the idea of a lifetime of income. (laughs) Well, you know, in 2008, my business got hit by two things, the downturn in the economy and counterfeiting. And this, you know, anybody who is a manufacturer, I don't care who it is, the smallest to the biggest companies, they all go through this. They all have to worry about counterfeiters. I was at the Patent and Trademark Office, and they did a special exhibit on counterfeiting. Everybody has been through it. So after that happened, it crushed my business for a long time. It has gone back up, you know, but, you know, what I did, I decided I'm never, ever putting all my eggs in one basket again, ever, And my friend said, well, look, you have a huge learning curve. All the stuff that you learned, not just being an inventor, manufacturer, entrepreneur, why don't you put it in a book? And so I wrote this book about creating and running multiple businesses or creating multiple streams of income. And as a manufacturer, you know, you're seeing a little bit of it now with things like perfume companies, they make perfume, but hey, guess what? We might need to make hand sanitizer. Right. 
we never thought about that before. So I'm always trying to think of ways. I have a drink mix that goes into the bottle. So I'm always thinking of ways to create multiple streams of income, whether it's within my own business, you know, for Hydrosport or other businesses. I think that's an excellent lesson. And I'm actually looking forward to reading the book myself. I think that that's a, you know, don't ever put your eggs all in one basket is a really great lesson. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about and seeing a little bit more about all of your experiences and things that I can learn from. So I will definitely be checking that out on Amazon. So if I wanted to find Swiggies or find out, is there a distributor? Where would I go here in the U.S.? You can go to swiggies.com, S-W-I-G-G-I-E-S.com. That's the product website. And I'm actually looking to, I have very, very strong intellectual property on the product. I'm actually looking once again to license it for the first time in many years. So I think I've kind of taken the product as far as I can. And it's time for someone with a bigger product line to take it on. And my other, I have create for cash. That's create F-O-R for cash.com. That's my other website. Okay, great. Well, I would definitely go and check that out. And if anybody is out there that's listening, that's looking to license or looking for a license, I think Swiggies would be a great one for you. (laughs) Definitely go and check it out. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And we really wish you the very best. And I hope you find you can license that product, but I'm looking forward to reading your book. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, great. Well, thanks for joining us today on WAM. And check us out at whamwomeninmanufacturing.com. And we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.